It's 6 o'clock on Dukes and Bell, the number one sports talk show in Atlanta for your ride home. Brought to you by Window Nation. Buy two windows, get two free. Visit windownation.com. There are 12 dogs that are going to be invited to the Combine, none bigger than Jalen Carter. And we bring in Bruce Feldman to join us here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. How can he not be the number one overall pick in this draft? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, guys, we see this position. They're rare. They're just dominators. They're difference makers. And there aren't that many guys who have this kind of athleticism, this kind of power, this kind of explosiveness. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. He's a special dude. We'll see if he goes one. I think the only way he doesn't. Okay, is again, if one of these teams that are in need of a quarterback might make a move, the Bears trade out of one, and then you get a quarterback that goes one to one of these teams if the Bears don't keep it and do that themselves. But that's the only way. I think the Bears keep the pick, then the smart play is to build, and, and you go Jalen Carter. All right, um, something's been going on, and it, it's one of those stories that if you are not a basketball fan, you may not have seen this in college basketball. But Mike and I were talking about it earlier, and, and we want to just kind of lay this out for if you're just joining us. Because it's a big story because Brandon Miller is one of the best players in the country at Alabama. Alabama, guys, I know it even sounds weird because you think Alabama football, but they are a top three team in the country and have been all year. They went into Houston and beat Houston earlier this year. Mm. Houston's going to be a potential Final Four team, which is where the Final Four is going to be this year. Brandon Miller is now involved with a situation where his coach, I thought, Mike, was very tone deaf. And Alabama basketball – is at a point where everybody kind of realizes this could be a year where they might win the championship. Right. But what has happened in this whole ordeal with Brandon Miller, who brought his former teammate Darius Miles a gun that was used in a murder? Yeah, for those who haven't followed, this went back uh, down to January 15th in Tuscaloosa, late night after 1 o'clock in the morning, and there was a a young woman named uh, Jamea Jonay Harris who's in a car with other people, and the alleged uh, former basketball player, uh, Miles, uh, Darius Miles, who played for Bama back in the day, he apparently uh, and a buddy named Davis were kind of like trying to, I guess, talk to her, and she didn't want to be spoken to her. The guy in the car definitely didn't want them talking to her. Mm. So a situation kind of escalated, and this is where the, the stories kind of diverge. Now, the police say that uh, Brandon Miller cooperated with them, and they told him that Miles, his buddy, who's a lifelong friend, told him to come and bring my gun because he had been driving around with him and left the gun in his car. And I just read the statement from Brandon Miller's attorney, which makes it sound like, oh, no, he was just driving him off and he didn't even handle the gun. There's police information in this article you can read on the AL.com website that basically says Miller was aware that there was a situation. He then shows up and is told to bring the weapon, which further obviously escalates the situation, results in gunfire between these two people in the two cars. There's a victim, uh, sorry, sorry, there's uh, witnesses who say when uh, Miller shows up, he blocks in the other car. Other people have said, no, this other car was not blocked in. It rolled up on them. Either way, you have a situation where a player brings a weapon knowingly and communicates to his buddy that uh, apparently the weapon is loaded, there's a round in the chamber, and it's good to go. And this is where a lot of people are saying, look, you brought a weapon to a situation which then escalated, results in a 23-year-old woman dying. And Miles, the uh, former player, Davis actually pulls the trigger. His buddy actually pulls the trigger on the murder weapon. But people are saying, how can you not punish the player who was some, some way an accessory to this murder? And the DA in Tuscaloosa says, look, in Alabama law, you got to prove intent. And I can't prove intent that he showed up bringing a gun that was going to be used in a murder. So that's why he's not charged. To give you the legal side of it. Sure. So then it turns into, well, let's talk to the basketball coach who apparently is just hearing about this for the first time. And it sounded ridiculous. Here's Nate Oates kind of sounding a little silly. We knew about that. I mean, uh, you know, 
can't control everything anybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he in any type of trouble on this case, like in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Again, bringing a weapon to a situation which escalates into a murder is not wrong place, wrong no. time, especially when you're informing the pre- your friend how the, what, what is the condition of the weapon you are handing him over to. So Darius Miles, his friend Michael Davis, pulls the trigger. They are both now facing capital murder charges. Went in front of the grand jury, and they're moving forward. And meanwhile, Alabama, and specifically Nate Oates, the coach, has not even suspended or any kind of punishment for Brandon Miller. Now, if you're going to say Dukes and Bell, what should be the punishment? I would ask you the, the even better question. What are the standards of Alabama basketball? If you're telling me this is cool and if it happened again two days from now and one Alabama basketball player brought a gun to a scene and then somebody was ultimately murdered, it would just be okay. I don't see how that's possible. And I think Nate Oates is blowing this. I think, Mike, as good as Bama's been this year, the tone deafness of, of the situation and understanding, hey, Brandon Miller's a great player, and he's going to be potentially a top five pick, maybe top overall pick in the NBA uh, draft in the summer. We can't stand for this. We, we can't. Right stand for these kinds of situations. You knew better, and yet you still did it. I'm going to have to suspend you. And I think that's kind of what people are waiting on. If you're telling me legally there's nothing that should happen or can happen in Alabama, that's fine. But I I just don't know how, as the head coach of the team, that you just go, all right, well, he's fine. The way you do that is you're thinking about yourself, and you're thinking about your job, and you're thinking about your team's chances at winning a national championship. Now, he walked back that comment we just played and may have apologized, and it may have come off as tone deaf, you think? I mean, because most people that are not Alabama basketball fans who have a brain said, yeah, somebody here has to step up. If the law is that screwed up or the DA doesn't feel, and some people are saying the DA can still move forward with this and at least try to send a message, but maybe the DA is politically motivated in his own right. I can't speak to that, but I would think somewhere along the chain of command, some adult somewhere would say, my friend, you made a terrible decision and a woman is dead. You brought a gun to a murder scene that was the weapon that was used, and the lawyer's making it sound like he was off running, making a grocery run at 1.45 in the morning and just showed up. <laughs> I need a sandwich. Which is what, like, that's what a defense yeah. lawyer is paid to do. Yeah. So what am I saying? What are you saying? Suspend the kid. He's going to the NBA, and I'm sorry, Nate Oates, your dream of a Final Four trip goes up in smithereens because your buddy, who had everything to lose, made a terrible decision. And I get it. We all made dumb decisions at age 19, but most of us didn't have it result in a murder. This woman's dead. She's not coming back. And all you care about is a national championship. And he is culpable, even if the damn law in Alabama doesn't spell it out for people. Most people, the common sense could see how this would certainly, Carl would say, he's culpable in this situation. Yeah. I'll just say it for me. And I had friends that were in the nonsense. They never said, Dukes, hold my gun, put it in your glove box. And, oh, by the way, I need it. Come give it to me. I mean, I just – and I don't know – if I even would have done that in that situation, because if I'm bringing it to you, there's probably an mm. issue. The shooting occurred on the Strip, which is a business district of bars and restaurants. If you guys have been to Tuscaloosa, you've been to the campus, right. that's where this happened. So this wasn't some random street corner or something like that. A, a lot of people were hanging right. out, okay? And that's why they have Correct. witnesses and what happened and how this escalated to the situation <laughs> that it did. Um, I'll say this too, Mike. And by, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, Miles and Davis are the number one. Look, this happened because Miles and Davis wouldn't let a situation go where yeah. a woman didn't want to respond to their advances, yeah. and a guy who was with the woman took it, took exception to it. But the situation is, look, I'm calling you at 145. I need, my, I need a gun. I need my gun. It's in the car. So what do you think this leads to? 
Some could, I mean, look, could you not somehow de-escalate the situation as opposed to taking it where it went? If you don't show up, this doesn't go down this way. Well, yeah, I'd love to say that he had the wherewithal to do that. But I, I get it, 19-year-old no. kid, but this is, but hey, no. Carl, but we still live in a world, at least we used to, where there's got to be some consequences for this. Well, that's going to be And I'm all up, for second chances. And that's going to be left up to the yeah. Alabama head coach. And his second chance is not going to happen in Alabama. He's going to get to probably play, but he will go to the NBA and, and make zillions of dollars because he's a talented young basketball player. And this won't define him if he lets it, but it's still something there's got up to me. There's still got to be some consequences paid here. Um, the other thing, the, the other sh- the case, and, and it's sort of different, but it's similar when you talk about cover-ups because that's what this is, right? You, you say, how can the coach allow this to happen? And mm-hmm. I brought up Dave Bliss earlier today, uh, former Baylor coach. Bliss right. was – it was one of the most – incredulous things that have ever happened in college basketball. For yeah, that, that story was bizarre. It was, or college football, any any college sport. But basically, uh, back in 03, um, there was a kid, his name was Patrick Dennehy, and he was killed by his own teammate, a kid named Carlton Dotson. Dotson got 35 years for this. But Bliss, basically, when it, this all went down, Mike, was like, um, I'm not aware of anything that was going on. When these kids had gone to him and basically said their lives felt, they felt threatened, apparently, you know, at the end of this thing, they found out that he was paying rent and car and tuition for the kid that ultimately was killed. And then he tried to convince his coaching staff, and this is how this got out, guys, his coaching staff to basically say, hey, this kid was a bad kid. He was a drug dealer, and he was doing all these things, and he told his team, we're we're not going to, uh, you know, we're not going to stand for this. We're going to say this is the kind of person he was. And a coach recorded it. It's the only reason why it came out. So my point is, when you you are head coach of any program, you have a responsibility – to try to do the right things, and I get it. Nate Oates is having a great year, but he's not doing the right thing for this. Yeah, and it just and again, if the if the first time for people on the you know ever heard Nate Oates speak, he's basically saying, well, you know, I you know it's I can't control where kids are, and he's wrong place, wrong time. And there's a lot more to it than that. It was it was just it was pathetic to, the way he tried to gloss over the situation. And by the way, look, guys. I don't know the I don't know the young man as I said. It won't define him, but it's going to be something that's going to dodge him. Well, I just talked. I was talking to guys today. I said, "Look, Allen Iverson. They got railroaded in Virginia. The governor Douglas Wilder had to step in and pardon him for someone who was at a bar brawl in a, in a bowling alley. Here's a guy involved in a murder in the DA in Tuscaloosa. Goes can't do anything about it. Yeah, Mike. Oh, I just don't, I don't understand. If he's not going to be charged criminally, then there's nothing anybody right. can do about it. The law is a law, and that's fine. I just think you you set a precedent. Right. I would ask Alabama fans this. If he was a football player, would Nick Saban suspend him? That's what I'd ask you. Correct. And and just for guys who are looking for some more context on this, we mentioned this earlier in the show, just to bring it back to Georgia. Years ago, there was a player, Isaiah Crowell, who was one of the top recruited running backs in the country. He uh, got pulled over by the police, and there was a weapon in the car with a serial number that was scraped off. There was no murder. There was no assault. Mark Rick cut him off the football team because you, you, there's things that have to happen. You do the right thing. We just had a shooting in, in Michigan State. You got, you got a coach in Alabama going, well, you know, wrong place, wrong time. It's just, come on, guys. What, what world are we living in? Some, some, somewhere in Alabama, an adult needs to get involved in the decision-making involving this guy not playing basketball anymore for the Tide. Donnie says uh, it's sad, but terrible decisions aren't illegal, meaning that's what happened here. With the player. Yeah, but there's still some, there's somebody somehow can say this doesn't fly and you're going to have to pay a price for what happened. And I'm sorry, you're not going to get to play basketball the rest of the season and we'll see you in the NBA. And, that, and, that's, and by the way, that's not going to jail. That's, that's, just, that's just simply doing the right thing in the immediacy of a situation right there in Tuscaloosa. Donnie says innocent has, uh, he's innocent, hasn't been charged. Punished without intent is wrong too. He has nothing proven against him. 
Okay. So that's Donnie yeah. standing up for, hey, right. he, he should, nothing should happen to this young right. man who brought the gun to the scene that ultimately got someone killed. I mean, it's just simply a matter of happenstance. And there's, you know, again, well, you know, I just showed up. A guy asked me, if the, read the article. By the way, if you hadn't read the articles about this, do yourself a favor before you pop off on this and know a little bit more about the situation and the context of the communication between the people who did the shooting and the player who brought the gun. 404 0929. It is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. I don't like talking mm. about these kinds of things. They're rare and far few mm. between when you have a situation where you have a top-ranked basketball team and their best player involved in something like this. And it, but he didn't pull the trigger. And hey. I understand what people are saying in regards to that. He he was just the guy who delivered it. He didn't make the decision to do the crime. I understand that. But this is where coaches mm. and programs have to sta- set a standard right. for their coaches. But again, were you a babe in the woods? There was an action. And there was a reaction. It's like years ago when Danny Heatley killed Danny Snyder on the Ferrari here in Atlanta, Carl Thrasher's player. And he got off with a slap on the wrist because the prosecutor, I don't know how that deal got cut, Paul Howard back in the day. You know, if you're driving 150 miles an hour on a road like uh, Lennox and somebody dies, someone's got to go to jail. That's the way it used to be. But I, so I'm, I'm trying to show that I've been consistent, at least when I'm talking about issues like this over the years. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about being consistent with our Atlanta Hawks. Landry Fields says, hey, this was my decision and my decision only. It's Dukes and Bell. The most important story of the day. <laughs> Brought to you by MaximumCashHomeBuyers.com. Fair cash offers for as-is homes. Don't waste your time with repairs. Call 678-902-2000. You know what I'm looking at right now, Atlanta? Talk you to know, me. You know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at a post that our star, Trey Young, put up earlier today. A day after the team and the organization decided to move on from Nate McMillan. Is he wishing Nate well? No. Saying sorry things didn't work out? No. He oh. is in a Phoenix Suns jersey. Slow down. It's a throwback. Yeah. It's Steve Nash's throwback jersey. Now, it's not just about the jersey. It's a post. He's got his dog, and he shows his beautiful child. It's beautifully shot. And, you know, his wife. And, and Trey's just basically saying the one thing we can never get back is time. So you could take this post and go, cool, because you look at all the pictures and you go, that's cool. Or you could be like me <laughs> and look at this post and say. He's being cryptic. What are you reading into Why it? are you wearing a Phoenix Suns Steve Nash jersey? Is this some kind of hint? that you want to bring Steve Nash in as the Hawks' next coach. Now, maybe I look at things a little bit differently. But, Mike, isn't it ironic that a day after that happens, out of all the people's jerseys you yes. could have worn, you wear a guy, Steve Nash, who they have they have a relationship, by the way. He's a big fan. Way. He's always, as, a, as a kid growing up, he was a huge Steve Nash fan. That's documented. Trace talked about it. What's this mean? Well, what's this mean? He wants, you know what? He, Let's he, look at these social media posts. What does this mean? It's just a player being cryptic, and he wants this guy to get hired as the head coach, and maybe next year we'll get Steve Nash in here and hopefully he can do better than what happened in Brooklyn. All then Brooklyn, who's kind of undercut by his star players, which could happen here. Now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now. No. See, guys are upset that we're calling Trey a coach killer. And, again, that's not a literal coach killer, guys. We're speaking metaphorically. But the idea that Trey, you know, all we've talked about today is, you know, Nate and what he did wrong and what the players didn't respond to. They don't play defense. Trey's never going to be awarded anything for his defense, although at times I thought Trey did up his defensive game, you know, by Trey standards Mm. a few times. But, you know, we're talking about leadership, and it's things you can't quantify in a stat sheet. And even though Trey's got the best stats and he's top 10 in assists and points, nobody likes him. 
at least not enough for the All-Star team. I don't know what that's about. I know we think we know we got a superstar here in town. We just want him to continue to play at that superstar clip that he did in 21. The way Luke is playing, the way Dame Lillard is playing, the way Tatum is playing, the way that you know any of these elite guys are. That Trey is kind of we thought Trey Carl crossed right into that rarefied air as a superstar. Where the the and then when you get a 215 million dollar contract to whom much is given, much is expected, and just guys. I don't know if you understand it, but when you are the star player on a team, there is some degree of leadership which is expected. If you're the point guard on a basketball team and you're the highest paid guy, it's kind of like being the quarterback on a football team. So here's the thing. The reason why this is interesting is because Landry Field said today, the general manager of our Hawks, that Trey Young had no part in this decision, okay? Nor will he have any part Mm. in the hiring of the next coach. So Mike just laid out all the things about the money, the responsibility, the leadership, and you're telling me, you're telling me, he's not going to say yay or nay. He's not going to be like, well, at least let me meet him. He's not going to be like, let me chop it up and see where his head's at. He's not going to say, what system are we running? He's just going to accept whatever coach comes in here, and if it goes wrong again, then it goes wrong. Is that what you guys are telling me? Let's hear Landry Fields talk about it, Mike, because here's what he said in regards to this was his decision. As of late, um, my pulse and my read on this team and the changes that we're making and the things that we want to implement felt like this was the the time to make a change. And um, that was a sense that I've gotten, something that I've read on, and this was uh, this was my decision. Okay, his decision. Okay. So, so he didn't talk to the boss, uh-huh. Tony Wrestler, the owner. Who? Tony Wrestler. Oh, you mean the the owner? Where was he today? I guess he felt this was that important. Oh. Okay. I'm just asking. Well, maybe, again, in all, all due respect, we don't know where his schedule was, and sometimes owners are involved. Sometimes owners are not involved in these kind of press conferences. Mm. Some are. Well, according to the reports, Mike, mm. this owner's involved in a lot. Well, hey, no, check that. His son, Nick, is involved a lot. Okay. Hack journalism. <laughs> Come on, Steve. See, the thing is, what's the Sham Sharania story, which that's a soundbite from Steve back in, I think it was December, right, Chris, saying it was hack journalism. Once that story's out, we always use the phrase, and forget, again, I can't explain everything. The toothpaste is out of the tube. It doesn't go back in. So if the players hear that Nate's contemplating stepping away, then you kind of got a lame duck coach, and then you got to get the kind of games we had against Charlotte and the Knicks right before the All-Star break. Because why, why should they give an effort? The coach ain't even going to be here next year. He Who Remains tweets at us, says, put him up, see Dukes, Mike Bell, ATL. I'm not sure if you guys listened to JC's interview today, but he actually gives an understanding as to what went wrong with the team. I love JC. He who went, who he who remains. We know what went wrong. We don't have to think about this too hard. If you're telling me that JC revealed some revelation today that we weren't aware of, I doubt it. Listen, these guys have compassion. They understand. You know, everybody's trying to do their best. But I think we all kind of figured out right now. You know what's going on with our team. This is my city. We live here. I don't need people from other places to tell me what's going on with the Hawks. I just don't. If you want to tell me about the Lakers, tell me all you want. You don't tell me crap about this team. We're here. We know. I talk to the people. So I hear you, but at the end of the day, this isn't, this isn't a hard one. This isn't one we got to go search like we're, you know, Nancy Drew and figure this out. <laughs> so I Fly. do. I do love the buzzwords. I mean, a lot of guys today on the text line on Twitter, follow us, put him up, see who's Mike Bell, ATL. A lot of guys are saying that, man, he kind of almost went Dan Quinn-like as far as the, the cliches or buzzword catchphrases to create some sense of teamwork and forward motion for your organization in about 30 seconds. 
A lot of now again, for those who don't remember, we were also talked about player empowerment and vision and also better communication. Well, Mike, if there's player empowerment, that means your star is going to somehow have a voice into hiring the mm-hmm. next guy. Yeah, look, if he's going to get the guys fired, he might as well get the guys hired. I said it earlier. And sorry if I triggered some trade fans. The star player dictates this stuff. And I know old guys, old Gs are like, man, the coaches were used. It's not that way in the NBA. Hell, it's not that way in the NFL in some cities. I think the highest paid star dictates the tempo. What do you got? I not. I just. I, I really wish. Like, I would respect it more if Trey was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be in on this." I would. I would because then we wouldn't have any excuses about right. this wasn't the guy he wanted or not me personally. Well, uh. And by the way, then see, that's something. Then Trey and I, this is by the way. Let's, let's set the record. This is not BS. I we. I honestly think Trey should be involved. He is a guy we want to have here for 10 years or more. Yeah. Trey should be, just like Matt Ryan should have been involved with the offensive coordinator decision. And remember Dimitrov and Quinn? No, Matt's not involved. Well, really? You gave the guy one of the highest contracts at the time. You just gave Trey a big contract. He's the bedrock this thing is built on. (laughs) So why wouldn't you include your superstar in the process? When, oh, by the way, half the NBA knows he's boys with Nick, the, the owner's son anyway. So just tell it like it is. And it makes. And by the way, I just think it's good business. I think Trey should be involved. So we find somebody who can actually figure out how to maximize what we think is a very talented team that has not been since 2021. Yeah, I'm just listen. I've been doing this too long. I'm not going to tell you guys that he's not going to be involved. You can tell me that all you want. Respect to Landry Fields. I appreciate it. At the end of the day, it's not happening. You know why, Mike? Because Landry Fields' job depends on it. 404-741-0929. Get this wrong again. See what happens. Get it wrong again. See what happens. I mean, at some point, you start saying these are your hires. You got to get it right, and you got to have everybody on the same page. Right. All right, guys. Uh, and by the way, I don't know what to make of the the Phoenix Suns jersey with Steve Nash. I am being f- I'm tongue in cheek mm-hmm. and having fun, but I do find it very ironic. <laughs> okay, I just hell of a time to bust out the Nash. Yeah, does, I, I right? just do. He could have done that in anything else he wanted mm-hmm. to, and it wouldn't have brought any attention to to the to the situation. Right. I don't know if it means anything, but we haven't heard that Steve Nash, one, wants to coach again, two, if he's even interested. But if they're going to throw this wide net of guys out there and potentially bring in a new coach, why not have Steve Nash in the mix? Mike, I don't care. They can interview all these guys and figure it out. We'll see. All right. Some guys are saying, shouldn't Trey have said, look, I'm not telling what Trey should do on Twitter. If you really thought Trey was going to say best of luck to Nate, I don't know. I'm sure he had a conversation with him. Oh, Mike. Did Did he call LP? That thing got so toxic. I don't even know. I used to blame LP in that situation. I don't know what to think of. <laughs> we got to get to tonight's game winner. <laughs> We're going to see where this goes. Next up, we take on the Cavs on Friday. Mm-hmm. Guys, they're getting back to work. We're going to see where this thing goes. And, and there's nothing more than I want, than I want to, for us to go on a run. But I don't feel like it's going to happen. Right. That's where I'm at. And if we do, I'll eat crow and tell you guys I was wrong. And look how wonderful we look. And look how good we're going to be in the playoffs. But the sample space of games is so large at this point. Got, I, I, I don't buy that no, that's going to happen. I mean, that's why I thought Nate should have been fired in January or December. You saw where this was going. And then everyone said, well, you got to get Capella back. We got to get healthy. We got healthy. We're still 500. You got to play at about at least, at least, Carl, win two-thirds of your games. You, might, you really have to play at a 70% win percentage to even think about getting locked in at the sixth seed. Yeah. The Knicks are six games over. You've got the third toughest schedule in the NBA. It's the Clippers and the Sixers and then the Hawks in the 23 remaining games for the Hawks. All right, what do we got for tonight's game winner, bro? Buzzwords. Oh! <laughs> You're writing your resume. You got to put some buzzwords in there. <laughs> Leadership. <laughs> Pass.
passionate. Yes. Motivated. Yeah. Want to work at a place where I get empowered. Yeah. Use all the crap that they're spinning on these stupid HR videos we have to watch. 404-741-0929. Let's use some buzzwords in the office today. Is time to take the game winner on Dukes and Bell. Your last chance to sound off on today's show. So don't stink. Call now, 404-741-0929. Today's question. All right, before we get to the game winner, I just want to mention this for a second. Because uh, one of our listeners said, again, if you guys heard John today, and I, and I kind of went off on, on a, you know, uh, a tantrum there and, and basically said, we don't need that. We know what happened. But I want to read this to you guys because this is what Mike and I have been talking about. So today, there were three Hawks who spoke about the release of Nate McMillan. John Collins, Capella, okay? Um, Trey did not speak. And DeJounte Murray. Mike, all three of them said the same thing. We have an accountability issue amongst the players. That's not Mike and I talking. It's the players. It's the players. And this is why I went off, because we know what happened. Now, here's the irony. Trey was there today. He did not speak to the media, and Hawks PR says he will speak to the media tomorrow. Whatever. He should have been speaking to the media today, too. And it just ticks me off, again, that here we have DJ and JC and Clint trying to lead the way and saying, look, we have an accountability issue with the players in this locker room, and the guy who should be speaking didn't speak. So I can't wait to hear what he has to say tomorrow. Well, That's get, all I have to well, say about gets, it. If he gets a pointed question like Zach Klein threw at him, he might just walk away from the podium. Guys, it's it's there's things that are – you expect from guys that are supposed to be leading your team, and that's what I, I, I'm done. If you don't get it, you just don't get it, and maybe you never will. Hey, man, game winner tonight. I'll tell you what I get. Every business in America today, I got to be honest with you, they've been doing this for years, creates its own language <laughs> to make its, its the job sound more important and harder than it is. For instance, Squid Billy, our beloved producer, is now assistant brand manager. Yes. Now, for 50 years, and I've been in radio for 34, it was just known as the program director and assistant program director, but now they've rebranded it as the brand manager. This is true. And in the old days, you'd say, hey, how was the promo? People show up. Now it's, so at the event, was there activation? <laughs> so we've got all these stupid buzzwords. And I think the law lawyers and doctors started this, and everybody else expanded it to their line of work. So anyway, there you go, looking for buzzwords, because our general manager, Landry Field, sure uses a whole hell of a lot of them. Chris, who's up first tonight on Game Winner? Adam, hey man, you're in the game. Hey, big up, hey man, hey man. I uh, I thought we were gonna answer questions about uh, something else, but uh, <laughs> you guys, you guys are old enough to you guys know what a noogie is. You remember what a noogie is? Yes. <laughs> what about it? I, I would, even though I got thirty pounds, I'm Trey Young. I would love to put that dude in a noogie and just rub well, that I don't, I don't, I don't think we can like, talk. We cannot, Cargo. We cannot sound on violence against our own players. That's just not right. Like, no, we, a little, we don't condone any of that. To the great, uh, great screen, uh, phone screening by our assistant. Brent. <laughs> He's like, what, what, what did he? What did I? What am I supposed to say? Hold on a second. Well, this is normally pretty cut and dry that we do this every freaking day at the same time, and you just follow the instructions that Michael right. lays out. Right. But yeah, it's my fault. No, <laughs> see, just now, do you feel like we're blaming you like Trey gets the blame for everything? 
No, I actually, I speak when someone blames me. It's called accountability. Mm. All right. You know, Carl, there's a lot of folks out there. You know, we're trying to find our listeners' pain points in this discussion, and obviously we don't want to gaslight anyone. So let's get moving. Buzzwords in the, in the workplace today. Who's up next, Chris? Chris, hey, man, you're in the game, buddy. What you got? Man, after listening to that Landry Fields interview, I was waiting for him to say something about Trey Young and the coach having synergy with each other. <laughs> Nice work. Yes. If That's you perfect. It, Landry Fields just about three and a half weeks before Nate got fired talked about better communication and player empowerment. And uh, we're empowering the coach right out the door. Hey, man, let's uh, see if our next caller is data-driven. Who's this, Chris? <laughs> Tim. Hey, Tim, you're in the game, man. What you got? Hey, man. Hey, man. Uh, uh, I'm in a sales department, and we just got a new chief revenue officer. And every time we start... We start a new project. It's called an initiative. And every time I have a question, my manager says, let me provide clarity. And I just feel like I'm taking crazy pills because nobody talks normal anymore. Excellent phone call. I'm looking up. This is from uh, Grammar, your dictionary. And they're saying incentivize, impactful, everything you just talked about. All these new buzzwords, which have kind of just weaseled their way into our vocabulary. Oh, that's good. Chris, who's up next tonight? Hey, Swede, give us a buzzword in business in common usage. Hey man, I'm pretty, hey, is man. this uh, Nancy? Is Nancy Drew Dukes there? Is that him there? Okay. <laughs> he liked the Nancy Drew reference earlier. <laughs> hey, we were talking about the great mystery we had to solve. I had to go there. I had to go right. there. I might, I might have misunderstood this, but anyway, as far as buzzwords, I, I was thinking in terms of job application. Mm-hmm. Some of the things you would say would be, "I have integrity," "I'm innovative," or "I can be empowering with my concepts." <laughs> Those are things that I think are interesting. Thanks, guys. Good Love job, it. Swede. Great. And hopefully we can monetize this. At the same time, building it to scale, Carl. <laughs> uh, we got time for one more. Chris. scale. AT, hey, man, you're in the game, buddy. What you got? Hey, man. Hey, hey man. man. This is one that I've been seeing in emails and hearing in, in, in meetings lately. Uh, net neutral. Yes. And I still don't know what it means. That's a good one. It is. Brother, there's, there's so much nonsense out there, and I just wish our general manager wouldn't use so much of it, but there's a lot of that in the, in the Landry Fields comments. But, again, great job today, guys. Hopefully we incentivize you to stay motivated. <laughs> nice. John Chuckery, what do you got coming up tonight, man? Man, we'll talk to uh, Lauren Williams, the uh, Hawks beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and the coach, Sam Mitchell, will nice. join us uh, here at 740. And uh, let me ask you guys a quick what if. Sure. Yeah. Sam owes me money, by the way. Okay. Go ahead. Um, what if – Rather than having brought Lloyd Pearson after Mike Budenholzer left, what if we'd have promoted Taylor Jenkins to be the head coach, who's now the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies? Yeah, <laughs> it's been, <laughs> it's been a, on our staff for five years. But don't you always clean the slate, though? You well, do. But, but he, but he, he left with Coach Bud. Well, we didn't clean the slate with Nate and <laughs> Lloyd and all that. But anyway, but he went up to Milwaukee, coached a, a year or two, I think, with uh, with Mike Budenholzer, and then he went to Memphis. And there, what I mean. I know it's a what if, but if you could go back in time and just those kinds of decisions right. that you think about, and, and he's a young guy. Well, maybe. here's the deal with that, mm-hmm. and, and I'll say that a lot of people, it's a great analogy, but a lot of people don't even know, that a lot of people didn't think that would work because mm-hmm. of his age, to your point. Right. But mm-hmm. it comes from the bud coaching tree, and, and you can't clean the slate when you're, when you're firing coaches the way we are in the middle of the season. Yeah. So you have this leftover, you get to the end of the year, you bring in the new guy, and then the new guy decides what the staff is going to look right. like. So a lot of these guys, you know, when Coach Bud left, he took all his guys. Look who's in L.A. right now. Darvin yeah. Ham's in L.A. Right. He's in Memphis, yep. right? Yep. 
Charles is another guy that we're talking about. Charles Lee is an assistant that they're talking about potentially interviewing here. Right. Something to be said about that. Well, it goes back, you know, taking the 2017. You know, Matt LaFleur worked with Kyle Shanahan. He right. was a young player, he was a young coach, quarterback's coach. And they go with a guy in Sarkeesian who's got a tremendous resume, but he had never coached the Shanahan offense. And Matt LaFleur spends literally half a seat with the Rams, Nashville, head coach. And it's yeah. just a matter of, you know, the right guy, right fit. Now, that's when I thought the Falcons screwed the pooch on. We just talk about, like, guys that come from better organizations, better mm. coaching trees and stuff like that, and we just don't seem to – get a lot of these things right with the Hawks. All but right. anyway, we'll talk a lot about it. Good stuff, right. John. I got to get out of here, man. It's National Margarita Day. I'm going to drink some margaritas. Hello. Let's clear our throat! Dukes and Bella wrapping up another show. So, it's time for Let Me Clear My Throat on Sports Radio 92.9 oh. The Game. Hey, thanks to Bruce Feldman from The Athletic for stopping by. We also talked to Connor Riley from Dog Nation. You got a chance to hear from Landry Fields. He was on the Midday Show. Go check it out if you've not heard it. It's online at odyssey.com. Tomorrow, big Thursday show, guys. Mm. We will hopefully get a chance to hear Trey Young. And I'm not being silly here. He didn't speak today. Other guys did. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about this. And by the way, it shouldn't be a limit, okay, to how many questions get asked about the circumstances of this situation. All right, with that said. We're not trying to run anybody out of town, guys. We just want our superstar to show some leadership. And again, I'm done. I'm done explaining it. It is what it is. Turtle, great job, man, as always, behind the glass. Bo Morgan, executive producing. Mike Bell, let's get out of here, man. Clear your throat. All right, man. So, uh, Joel Prunty, for the second time, gets to be a head coach. He was an interim up in Milwaukee before they brought Bud up there. And uh, he's a guy that now, hey, you're head coach for the next 23 games, and you've got to dress like you uh, you work at Best Buy. Let's get coaches back in suits, not like they look like, uh, you know, Paulie Walnuts and they're walking the mall. Pat Riley, the dude oozed Armani, okay? I'm talking about Cotton Fitzsimmons. I'm not talking about Doug Moe dressed like Jim Rockford, Carl. I'm talking about some style. I want coaches back in suits on the NBA sidelines, and I want it now. Netflix has got a new series. It's called Quarterback. They partnered with NFL Films. It's a docu-series, and the irony is, guys, the first season is coming this summer. They focus on Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, and Falcons quarterback, yep, Marcus Mariota. Ooh. Well, whatever it is that you didn't think you knew, you probably will find out through this docuseries Mm. as those were the guys that were covered, and they were mic'd the entire season. We didn't know. And they're going to take that footage and turn it into a docuseries. Was the hand grenade play designed, or did he improv that one in Charlotte? (laughs) Who knows? Hey, man, if you love the show. You tell your friends. If you don't. You are not an empowering individual.